0: Hey guys, and welcome to the Three Drinks In podcast, episode number 225. I'm your host, Vince. Over there is your host, Phil. Hey. There is Phil. Uh, This episode is another one of our Shaken and Not Stirred uh, series episodes, where we talk about the next in the James Bond film franchise, this time with The Living Daylights, introducing the the actor Timothy Dalton um, as replacing George, not George, (laughs) I'm thinking George Lazenby. Roger Moore was the last one. (laughs) Um, before we get into all this, though, I want to remind you that uh, Three Drinks In is available wherever you're listening. So please subscribe and leave a review and even a rating at the very least. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Three Drinks In Pod. You can like us on Facebook. Uh, and comments, compliments, and sponsor offers can be sent to Three Drinks In Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check out our, sto- our um, uh, merch store at Tee Public for all your Three Drinks In podcast merchandising needs. All right. So I don't know why I thought of George Lazenby before I thought of Roger Moore, but I did.
1: Yeah, that's weird. He hasn't, he only did the one.
0: I think as I was just watching like a, one of those like, you know, inexpensive documentaries about the making of this movie and they were going through the whole like process of recasting the part and they had pictures of Lazenby just kind of flashed in my head. Did you know who they were going to cast until they, actually, two actors who who they who, until they ended up doing, uh, Timothy Dalton. Well, one of them was Pierce Brosnan, wasn't it? Yep. And before that, they had also looked at Mister Sam Neill of Jurassic Park fame. Why well, I keep forgetting, is British or Welsh or something. Yeah, I, I can't see that though. No he's, I don't know, something about his head. His head is too round to play James Bond. Like, James just, Bond just, always has some kind of like a sharp haircut or something. And, you know, like, I think Roger Moore had the best hair out of the whole bunch. His perfectly coiffed had a blonde hair. But Sam Neil was just kind of like, oh, okay. It's Sam. Yeah, it's hard just, to picture him. Just a guy named Sam. They, they, they had a couple of... Sc- of uh, of screen tests that were kind of funny to look at. I'm like, oh, look, it's Dr. Grant yeah, wearing a tuxedo for some reason and holding a gun. <laughs> it's mm. just odd. I think but, Tim uh, Dalton has a great head of hair. Yeah. No, I think he, he definitely looks the part. And um, they were very keen to get Pierce Brosnan. Something about Pierce Brosnan was, you know, but uh, I forget which network, but Remington Steel was on and they, um, you know, they had a certain amount of time to um, produce episodes for him to shoot. Otherwise, the contract expired, and like at the at the at the eleventh hour, they came back and like, yeah, no, we're gonna keep doing them. And so, uh, yeah, did, he couldn't get out of that. Couldn't get out of it.
1: And um, well, that's why like when they they got him for the '90s ones, they, like no one was surprised except anybody who didn't know anything about James Bond. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I remember Dad was saying, "Oh, yeah, good. Finally, like they, they 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 they've been meaning to do that, and they just haven't been able to do it." Yeah, I was and, very much like, "Oh,
1: Remington Steel, of course." And I was
0: like, "Well, okay." And like his, like what's funny about, and I'm sure we'll get to this when we talk about Goldeneye, but like you know, he he did Remington Steel, and Dalton did these two movies. I don't know why Dalton left. I'm sure there's a reason, but I'm and I'll I'll discover it when I you know read the. Uh, you know, do some re- re- research for the next one of these. But um, Bronson kind of fell off the map after Remington's Steele. Like, he did TV, okay, fine. And, like, the next step at, it, it, in those days was to do your stint on TV and then get bumped up to movies. And then he kind of vanished. And then I, I, I remember watching a, a documentary with him. He's thinking, like, you know, it was Mrs. Doubtfire that brought him back into the public's attention. Like, of all the movies that, like, segue from, you know, from that to James Bond, you know, it was a weirdo geriatric Tootsie remake that, that they were trying to, and they and it worked, because we were like, oh, he was this very handsome man, and uh, it was him, so, but, um, but for this one, they got Dalton, and I think, uh, so overall impressions about him as Bond, taking over the role um i he was fine
1: he was certainly better than george lazenby
0: pretty low bar there but yeah
1: i know it you know what it is it, he the 80s james bond is so 80s that like he was fine for that but they were trying to be so different from all the other ones that like he could have been anybody you know
0: well that's actually <laughs> interestingly they you know michael g wilson one of the writers of the of the movie um who's written a whole bunch of them he's you know he he, he like he like always ha- has a cameo in these movies or like a just like guy in the background thing you know because there was such turmoil about who they were re- replacing um, the character with, or the actor with, um, they kind of wrote a very generic story. Like there was very little that was particular to Timothy Dalton. Like he literally got cast. He was he was in he was in contention when he was in his twenties, and he 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 begged off the role. He said because he felt he was too young to take over the part, which probably makes sense at twenty five. Um. And they were considering doing like a whole backstory of Bond, and they decided not to do that. But because they really didn't know who they were getting until the last minute, they didn't want to write, uh, I guess, a specific script. You know, like they, you know, they they would write stories and dialogue that would play to an actor's strengths to tailor the script to 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 fit the actor. And since they couldn't do that, it kind of became like a very sort of Joe Sweatsock, every man kind of spy movie. It didn't necessarily need to be a James Bond film as far as the plot was concerned. There's nothing particularly unique about him or about the the story that, you know, stands well, I mean, out. If, you know,
1: James Bond has this certain thing about him where he drinks, he plays cards, He's cultured although he acts like a young adolescent because he's always sleeping with girls, you know that that's him, that's the character. and they all played different aspects to certain degrees. but like this cat this time he didn't do any of that. And so I think it was odd that like other characters were always mentioning the stuff that he did. Yeah. like, oh, you know pay attention, don't look at the girls, don't do-. but he doesn't do any of that stuff. He he's just generic action hero number one, yeah. You know who's who's driving things forward. So like, I'm not saying he has to be swilling martinis and and you know seducing women every scene, but he doesn't do it at all. So yeah. I was like, this guy. You know, they got a guy who has a personality and a great smile and a head of hair, and they don't let him do any of that stuff.
0: That was deliberate, from what I from what I read and what I watched in this documentary, is that they were very conscious at this point of the bond sort of reputation and how he treated women and the kind of relationships that, that he had with with women and it's interesting like they didn't want to have that be a thing anymore they they were kind of making a decision well we're going <coughs> to excuse me we're going to tone that bit down because it's just, you know, it's becoming too ridiculous, it's too old-hat, it's too 1960s and 70s, and it's you know, not really appropriate anymore, you know, given the uh, given the times. Oh, oh, okay, and then you get, you know, a character that doesn't quite mesh with the people who are talking about him. All right, so then let's just skip over Brosnan. That's basically what they were saying about the Daniel Craig James Bond, although in a much more complicated, you know, much more belabored kind of way. Like, we talked about this when we talked about uh, No Time to Die, but like, the whole thing was a commentary on the way in which they made the character out to be in the 60s and 70s. And it was basically being critical of that with. Daniel Craig in the role up to the point where that you know he really grows up in the last movie and you know and finds out he has a kid. So they they started this with with Dalton because they didn't have an actor when they when they began writing the script and they didn't want to make a sort of sexy James Bond who was you know sleeping around. And then they took a pause and then they brought back you know they they brought in Pierce Brosnan 'Cause these these two movies did okay but not great, and the guy didn't come back for a third one, and it's just like, All right, well, let's make him sexy again and kind of a pervert. And they did that in a classy way. And they had Brosnan sleeping with basically everybody, but it was much more tongue in cheek and he would just they would show him, you know, driving the car and Goldeneye with a bottle of champagne in the <laughs> in the armrest and you know, he begins Tomorrow Never Dies with the the little Danish lady, in, you know, at Oxford. So all these things to make him sort of lighthearted and fun again. Um, And no one really cared then. Like, it wasn't like a conversation in the 90s about, like, how the... And it wasn't like the whole, like, you know, like, sex was still, you know, the, the Clarence Thomas thing I'm thinking of and all kinds of... You know they were still issues about how men were presented on film and how they behaved in in real life that didn't go away but they didn't feel like dealing with it for for those four movies with uh with 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 pierce brosnan so yeah but they yeah they they toned it way the hell down here that's for sure it's it's gone it's gone here there isn't anything so like that's why the film was very dull and they even go out of their way, speaking of this, like to like when he goes to the hotel in Vienna, he's like, would you like your usual suite? He goes, actually, no, we'll need two beds. It's like, right. wow. He's very much not sleeping with that girl until the very end of the movie.
1: Yeah, and like, that's, you know, that's boring. I'm not saying he has to be, he has to be a cat, but people don't behave that way, you know? It's the criticism that they always lob at um, Star Wars and and Marvel movies and Disney properties and things like that. And that people don't behave as if they live in some world where there is no attraction between people, you know, and they always go squeaky clean. It's not that it's squeaky clean. It's that it's not there at all. People base judgments and reactions on other people. When you make a, you don't make decisions in a vacuum. So like, why, you know, they, they pair him with these beautiful women and he has like no reaction at all. And you're like, even gay people would admit that <laughs> they're gay, not dead. You know, you can at least like look, <laughs> you know, so like he doesn't really drink. He doesn't look at women. He doesn't react to them in any way. He He's just some sort of he's going with the motions of the plot of which this film has far too much yeah you know there's, there's a lot going on here and like everything that they've suddenly like in the final draft of the movie they felt they needed to just shoehorn in there to remind you that it's james bond and not um generic spy like jason Bourne or something like he only makes funny quips during the cello scene when there's snow skiing what is that sledding on the on the cello case right yeah you holding a stradivarius
0: like, going down yeah, a mountain
1: going down a mountain as people are shooting at you and stuff, and like Timothy, I've seen Timothy Dalton in other films, and he can be funny. You know, he has he has like a darker edge to him in that um, he plays better villains. But yeah, you know, he, he he can be funny, but they don't give him any jokes. So it was just like, all right, this, this could be anybody. I, it's a disservice to him, I think. It's not like he wasn't trying.
0: No, and I, I I think he wanted to, based on his interviews, and who, and who knows how candid those are, but, like, it seems he wanted to play the character more seriously, which is, you know, I think that they underestimated how easy that was going to be after Roger Moore. Like, you know, you're not too far removed from, like, people running around with space lasers. Like, just the absolute crap show that was moonraker wasn't that much earlier maybe it was 10 years nine years earlier you you could just do it a little bit seriously and you're still leagues more serious than anything that roger moore ever started so like they they kind of swung the needle back too far in the other direction and then they ended up with i don't know something not terribly interesting Although I, I began to recognize this movie as an action movie that, like, I don't know, like, like some of them feel old and dated and they I've been bored throughout. This was the first one in a while. I was like, okay, this feels like a real movie that was, you know, like, because they, they've been making action movies now for a long time that we could recognize as being competently executed action films terminator and other types of things like this felt more like a a a modern movie in some respects Uh, yeah it, it still had some of that weird choppy
1: editing but it had a lot less it was it was more the workmanship of this film was competent like there wasn't anything fancy about it but it was done well enough that you were like this feels like a real action movie there's action scenes and fight scenes, and, you know, the music doesn't feel out of place and things like that. You know, like there were times in the old films where like, like the edits and the cuts would be so jarring that you would seriously think that like parts of the film were missing.
0: Yeah. You know? It really speaks to how much money was not spent on them. Like you you think about it now and how much, you know, just, just think about the, the chase scene from, um uh what do you call it uh casino royale i think the the second action bit in that movie like just that alone cost more money i think than all of these movies or each of these movies like they're they they just spend more time and effort on making it look good and back then they were just really cranking them out you know like i i forget when you know license to kill comes out but you know this is 1987
1: yeah and then the next one was 2 years after that it's just
0: yeah I was just looking it's it just it's just 89 like that's really fast and so like you're not going to be able to you know put together the capital to make that kind of a movie like not at at the time and so like everything is just kind of done pretty cheaply and like you know with the Roger Moore ones it was like one a year like production yeah. never stopped rolling they were always filming something and it just you know we'll just stick it in a James Bond movie so like yeah no it was it's clear that they that there was more care taken with a lot, with with a lot of these things and the editing yeah. also you had a guy who could do his own stunts and the camera lingered on him a lot longer in action sequences and and it wasn't just the close up of his face, like, this is really hard kind of a thing, cut to the stuntman from, like, the camera or the crane shot. Like, it's it's much more of Timothy Dalton. He was, you know, he was a younger guy. He could do it. So, yeah, no, it just it felt more like a real movie at, at this point. Yeah,
1: so. I think my overall impression of it is that it's pretty boring, though.
0: Yeah, so... There's a lot happening
1: in oh, the movie. W- way too much plot. <laughs> there's too <laughs> much plot and not enough story. Which sounds yeah. like a, you know, but like uh, it, when you look at it and like what happens in it. I mean, I I had to look it up because I was too. <laughs> very confused. I was like, I don't know what the hell they're even talking about here. And but like, when you think about what actually happens in terms of like. Character development and motivation stuff. I mean, there's nothing
0: really happening here. And like, I, I'm sitting there watching it on my phone, on like that Pluto app, which is really a frustrating thing to watch. Like, unless you're the way sitting. movies to, were meant to be watched on yeah, a
1: six-inch screen <laughs> in the when you're on
0: the toilet. <laughs> but like, I, I'm also watching it on this stupid free app. So they they have a lot of free movies on Pluto, which is really handy. But they have ads. That's why they're free. Um, and so I'm sitting there. I'm like, okay, well, and then whenever I had to pause and come back and I had to go, oh, no. And I picked the Spanish version one by accident and I kept going back to that when I go, oh, no, this is the wrong one, senor. Senor, senor Bond. Senor Bond. <laughs> but, like, I I kept having... So I, I eventually just, like, rented it from, from, uh, from Amazon because it was just getting too frustrating to to try and watch it with all the ads like, I just couldn't scroll through the thing but like but between that and having to watch it like in a start stop thing like I had a good I mean two sittings where I actually sat there and, and and watched it I I had to go like did I did I miss something did I scroll past a, a crucial piece of information but like no it's just there's just a lot going on and they're just kind of ticking off the pages they're not really doing anything like no one is changing or altering or whatever it's just like we go here and then we go there and this guy gets so like can we run through the plot so i'm not insane
1: okay so somebody is killing spies and blaming uh an old soviet group of 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 People for this, that they've reinstituted a, a plan of uh, murdering spies, which is actually just a cover up because James Bond helped a guy defect from East Berlin to West Berlin. And it turns out that, you know, that guy was telling them about this program they've reinstituted. That's false. Um, this guy was actually planning to escape because he had embezzled funds and was buying weapons with it from. Um, Joe Don Baker of all people. I know. <laughs> but even that was a ruse because the plan was to buy opium from Afghanistan and sell it on the streets of everywhere to make a profit and then buy weapons. And I'm not sure what he was planning to do. I guess just live large with money I suppose. It was Not like he was going to go back to Russia and he certainly couldn't go back to England because he'd burned all those bridges there. So like what he was planning to do with the weapons, I'm not exactly sure. I think he was just trying to make money with... I think he was just trying to like get money for weapons, quote-unquote, and then actually use it to buy heroin directly from Afghanistan using his connections there in Russia to sell on the black market and make, make himself money.
0: Yeah, that was the bit that I didn't quite get. So he embezzles the money and then... He yeah he buys the weapons from Jodan Baker but no he doesn't he's working for Jodan Baker kind of kind of and then they go to Afghanistan and they use the money to buy opium from the you know the Mujahideen which by the way how topical is that today oof uh, yeah. yeah this this part of the film should should be a disclaimer this part did not age well.
1: Yeah, it's like it's like movies where the Nazis are the heroes. I was like, oh,
2: my
0: God. This is, really, <laughs> this is just awkward. <laughs> it's just it very, very bizarre. Um, and so they, they buy the heroin, and then they're going to sell the heroin, and then they're going to buy the weapons, but the weapons don't cost as much as they'll have made from the heroin.
1: Right. And then who were they going to give to? <laughs> like who were they going to give the weapons to? The Russians. Maybe?
2: But why would he do that?
1: He defected. Well, he didn't defect. He stole money from them and ran away.
0: But maybe if he gives them the weapons they'll like him. I don't really understand and I like- I didn't really
1: I didn't really understand and it was not interesting enough for me to continue like checking. Like I gave up after all. I was like all right, whatever. Like just shoot him, which is what happens. <laughs>
0: And then Jonan Baker's character is like, I guess he has like a, his own private army because he makes money somehow.
1: He he makes money selling weapons, despite being like a screw up who's never actually been in the military. He just like studies military, like he has like books and dioramas and stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's very strange. That scene at the end there. All right, yeah, so they, like yeah, that's that scene at the end felt so tacked on. Like, oh, we have to get rid of jonah Baker's character. Because he's a bad guy, I guess.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just very strange, and like like so, I guess they go through all that stuff, and yeah, it just they just go through all this stuff. They just have they go to, through, like, and they, like they,
1: you know, there's double crosses and and fake escapes and and all kinds of stuff.
0: Yeah, you know, faking your just, death and like yeah,
1: and then like. The whole scene where they get that guy out of British headquarters and make it look like the the Soviets stole him back to throw the British off the scent because he's actually being brought back to Jodan Baker, and I was like, oh, so that scene was twenty minutes when it needed to be three you
0: know like today yeah, like, <laughs> and there was a helicopter and everything like oh uh,
1: he had a big fight scene with the guy in the kitchen i was like man this is really like this is pretty crazy And then like as the plot went on i was like wait a minute that he wanted to be captured why don't he just like escape in the middle of the night or something like it, it was so so much <laughs> just so much <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it was just an awful lot Here's my real question that really bothered me. Okay, so Bond is going to help this guy defect before realizing he's, he's, he's trying to escape. Right. And the guy has his girlfriend grab a sniper rifle and make it look like she's part of the Soviets who's trying to stop him from defecting. Like he puts her in the tower. She's got the gun in her hands, and Bond is going to shoot her. And, and Bond realizes she doesn't know what she's doing. She can't be a real sniper, so he shoots the gun instead. And the the girlfriend goes along with this. Why does the girlfriend go along with this? (laughs) What did she think was going to happen exactly?
0: I think she says that the plan was that she makes his defection look good to the British.
1: So that they come back and get her?
0: I don't know. Like, that's the thing I don't really get. Like, So he's got a defect and she like the basic thing is he defects and that then she then he's, you know, because he's so valuable, they give him whatever he wants and they go back and get her. But, yeah, it's not clear why she needs to make it look any better than it is. The British already believe it. I guess, I don't know, is he trying to sell his own importance to the British, even though he is important to the British? Yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't clear. It's kind of like and gilding like,
1: a lily, you know. Like it's it's so important to the plot that Bond it, goes with her.
0: It introduces. It's the only way that her character can enter the scene. Like well, it's it's the only way, but it's how she how she she, she becomes involved. Yeah,
1: but it's the only reason that Bond thinks there's something fishy to begin with because she doesn't like she like holds the rifle upside down or whatever like he's like <laughs> okay she doesn't know what she's doing if she was a real sniper this wouldn't have happened so something is up here yeah and I'm like that makes sense but at the same time it makes no sense because why would she have done that for him and I was like I don't understand this.
2: this
0: yeah I guess like that's the thing about this film is it, is it that everything makes sense un, like but un, until you think about it like yeah okay that that, that follows that thing from before but also why why was that there at all like you still like it's it's yeah. all unnecessary you know it's not like it's illogical it's just not necessary like, i don't yeah, know it just
1: seems so odd to me i did enjoy the um the door that slammed on that guy too fast and killed him <laughs> okay
2: so i was going
0: to ask about that <laughs> that was just a regular door right like the kind that I go through at the grocery store every week. Yeah, it was the, like the sliding door. But,
1: like it rigged it,
0: it to go through like, yeah. <laughs> like a
1: hundred miles. Slice is of it after.
0: Is there a death trap option there that just adjacent to the door that I've never noticed before? Or is that like an older model from the 80s that they've discontinued?
1: Yeah, it's like one of those like steam engine crank handle ones. <laughs> I was like, I thought I was just going to put a bomb there. I, I I didn't it was know what he was doing.
0: Surprised, like <laughs> cranked up the pneumatic pressure in the tubes to like four thousand RPM, such that like the door cuts them in half. Like oh, they, they don't even show it. Show you the guy. Like oh, it's it's too gruesome to show this in a PG movie.
1: Uh, well, no, because they they do the the time honored Bond trick of just we're going to speed up the frame. So, if you watch it real carefully, the people in the restaurant like turn their heads real fast because all they did was turn speed up the film so it looked like it was going quickly.
0: Right. But, like, when like Bond <laughs> like, goes oh to like it, like to look at him, he like they don't even show the dead body.
1: Now you just see like his foot.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, like, God, was he like obliterated? He uh, yeah. just exploded from the sheer force of the door. The door?
1: It was. That was pretty funny. It was like, <laughs> coo- like goofy. I was like, "Whoa!" I, I was legitimately like, "I did not see that coming." <laughs> okay. It's one of those
0: times where, like, they didn't want us to laugh, you know, at them, and like, here we are. It's not even like a, even a, like a chance to have laughed with them. It was just no. This was, this was dumb. So, um, okay. Uh, what were some things about the film that you liked?
1: Uh i don't know probably nothing <laughs> <laughs> everything was terrible it, was, it wasn't terrible it just i can barely remember it i watched it yesterday i mean i did like that money penny was not um some matron you know I think I texted you because like she was there. She's this like stunning, attractive blonde woman. I was like, oh, my God, I, I found someone good looking for this. Yeah. She couldn't act. And their banter was horrible. But I was like, all right, they're, they're learning, you know. And then they had Felix who looked like the polo boy, you know, at the pool. I was like, oh, God, this is so 80s. <laughs> the
0: most bland man I've ever seen on film. <laughs> like there's nobody more bland than that guy.
1: Yeah. It, to the point where he was like,
0: oh, Felix, how have you been? And I was like,
1: oh, good thing they said something because that guy could be, you know, generic goon number three. I mean, he looked just like anybody.
0: You really, Yeah. Um, it's one of the reasons I really enjoyed the... Uh, um, I can't think of the guy's name. Jeffrey... Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Right. Thank you. It's not Jeffrey Rush. That's a different guy. Like Jeffrey Wright's casting in that was so... Just like different than anything that had come before like he's well, you know not who
1: i realized there are, he's not in many of these films this character
0: felix no it's really like a a minority of films like he's in the first one he shows up in go in goldfinger he didn't appear in any of the um pierce brosnan ones because they got Jordan baker to play a different kind of a character
1: he wasn't in most of the Roger Moore ones either. No, he was in a couple, but not maybe.
0: Many. And he always looked like they—they they kept getting not just a different actor, but a wildly different actor. So he was basically the American James Bond and Doctor No. And then when you see him again, he's a hundred and two years old. Yeah, you know, he was like a week away from retirement, and so you figure he's—he's going to get it in the chest, but. You know, and then they cast Jeff, Jeffrey Wright and it was so sort of like, yeah, that's what spies look like. Like, they don't look like James Bond. They look like a guy like like Jeffrey Wright who, who can blend in and kind of be anybody. He doesn't stand out as like, handsome spy number five. Like, he's, he's just kind of, he's not schlubby like Jordan Baker but he's just not flashy. And Jeffrey Wright's an amazing actor so, it, you know, it, it, it was fine. Like, in he actually almost seemed kind of out of place in No Time to Die because he had so much more personality in that movie than he had in the, in the first two he was in. Yeah, it's pretty odd. Yeah. It was good, but, like, he can sell it because it was, it was interesting. But, like, but here it was just, like, he, could, he literally could have been, like, plucked out of any one of those, like, Rodney Dangerfield movies about the 80s. Like, he's just <laughs> generic kid number eight.
1: Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of stuff like that that just felt too 80s. What's up with the boombox? The the, Do you notice how like in certain, like when I remember watching Octopussy and Q had that lab in some random bazaar in in Pakistan or India, wherever they were and they were doing like the goofy stuff behind them, like the snake charmer that also had his flute. That was also like a rifle or something, (laughs) you know? And they had like, when they shoehorn that in, like in this one, it, it was so out of place that it's like I I really didn't like it (laughs) (laughs) remember the the guy gets sucked into the couch cushions and Q just sits on him and I was like what is the point of this scene you only gave him one gadget for for, you know also
0: yeah and the car the car the car was a big thing because that was a pretty cool car it was was a well yeah the Aston Martin
2: I think
1: he had gotten an Aston Martin it had been a while then he switched to something else for a little while
0: Uh, yeah, so it had been, it was the Aston Martin, which made its debut in, I think, I think Goldfinger with the DB5, and then I can't remember the the one that that Lazenby drove, it might not have been an Aston Martin, but then it was Lotus for a while, which is is another British car company, and then went back to Aston Martin um, for this with a very different kind of car so this was like the, the uh of the Vantage which took a lot of cues for its design from the American uh muscle cars the Mustang and such so it's, um you know that that they, they actually feature this in uh, no no time to die cuz they destroy the Aston Martin dv 5 in, in the beginning of, of of that movie and then they bring out this one Cause they're all in storage, I guess, from what they were used before. It's the one yeah. weird thing about the the Daniel, the Daniel Craig movies—they have all these cars sitting there. I'm like, why are they there if not just for fan service? And it's like the only fan servicey thing that they do that's so overt; and doesn't make any sense. But anyway, um, so yeah, the car had some gadgets. It had the like, but the car had only the gadgets you would need for the places he was going. Like a head skis. That's what, that's what he always does. Yeah, but it was so obvious. It was like an an Eddie Izzard level of gadgets on this car. Like the only the only the ones you need, nothing you don't. It was very lean. that's <laughs> <laughs> say. Yeah. The skis yeah. and the laser on the side. Yeah, That cut out the bottom of the car. I was like that, that. That they were getting into goofy territory, and like I guess like here's the thing about like why do the gadgets have to be funny like I don't know like that that I guess the funniest that Daniel Craig's character ever got with them was the uh was the watch with the eyeball thing like the, 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 it was a, you know like an EMP thing for the uh you know with, with the watch and the eyeball but like generally they they always use the gadgets as like some kind of a joke. And I, I don't know. I kind of thought that was that that was a misstep. Whenever they 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 do that, like they can they can be cool and not be funny. And I, they always leaned into that as humor, like George like George Lucas with the droids. The droids are always like the comic relief, which doesn't make any sense to me. Why that's that, that's the case, but that, that's what they wanted to do. I don't think I don't think Connery did
1: that as much, right?
0: No, not at all, in fact. Like, it, it wasn't until, you know, Roger Moore came along and that, like, the goofiness amped up. But then, like, even after he left, the gadgets were the source of the goofiness because it was so ridiculous. And well, I
1: think that they just got so ridiculous. It's hard to come up with reasons to use those things. Like, when he was slicing the car in this one with the lasers, and like, I expected like a Ben Hur type thing to come out of the side of his. Of his wheels and just blow up the wheels in the car, but they took it too far and like all of a sudden he's slicing the car off and like the guys inside the 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 body of the car go flying and their wheels stay behind and it's like mm-hmm. oh you know that that rust proofing that's what they need and I'm just like you don't have to it's hard to come up with a reason to use a laser <laughs> so just don't have a laser like yeah. You know, like, they yeah, always thought yeah. that they had to come up with these ridiculous you know, scenarios for them. But they didn't need that.
0: And, like, like the one that hits the nail on the head, like, and does it literally perfectly is Goldeneye.
1: They give him Gold, three well, gadgets. Goldeneye, Goldeneye is the best Bond film.
0: Uh, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very, you have a very strong gaze for that. But, yeah, they, they give him three gadgets. He uses each one of them. And it's, they're not funny. And, in fact, the fucking pen thing is just... One of the most tense moments in you know in that movie. It's like, oh my god, when is that thing going to explode? You know, it just it ra- it ratchets up the tension so much and spurs into action the final action bit that ends the movie. That's you can do that again. That's like, you know, you just use a different gadget to do the same thing. Like you gotta it's harder to do it more than once <laughs> i'm not saying it's easy I, I i can't write a movie but
1: uh well yeah i mean that's when you've made so many of these so like when connery's doing it connery's in situations that are extraordinary and otherworldly he needs extra help in those things which is something that uh, our dad and i used to say a lot of times too like he's not just fighting generic villains He's fighting supervillains, and therefore you need the you need the advantage. And so, like, the wackier the supervillains got, the wackier his his gear needed to be, to the point where you couldn't really take it seriously anymore. You know, and whereas like in Goldeneye and stuff, like here's a deadly weapon that you might need in a situation that needs to be disguised. The bomb is a pen. Now it doesn't, no one can tell. It's not like you're going to be writing anything and, and just suddenly have to throw it, blow stuff up. You know, like your, your watch has a laser on it. And a watch is a practical device that you can carry around with you. You know, like that's what they're for. You know, I don't know when you need car lasers exactly. And <laughs> and later Brazen Films did that too. When he would yep. suddenly have stupid, silly gadgets and you were like, well, nobody would ever need that. You know, it's not even practical. Well, so <laughs> I've got some jammed trousers. This is
0: just inconvenient now at this point, right? Like at this point, you know. just carry a regular bomb. You <laughs> yeah. know, like, it's like my favorite like, line from um uh, from Skyfall was, was when he goes to meet Q and he gives him this thing. He goes, this box that has the uh, the the Walther PPK uh, K and a and the transmitter he goes a gun and a radio that's all i'm getting <laughs> like it's a complaint it's like you've got nothing else for me and it was it ends up paying off later when he's like i see this this new thing from you know from from q bench it's called a radio like it's all and then like the marines show up uh, yeah you know
1: so in this film you know they, they dial that stuff back they were trying to make it realistic okay fine
0: but they, they but they were desperate for that levity and they 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 tried to use the gadgets to make it in that one car chase sequence. Yeah. Which actually I, was a pretty good car chase sequence as, as far as these these ones go. It was certainly better than the ones that had preceded it. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I like that. I like the the opening sequence when he's on the roof of the car and
0: Yeah, that was actually that really good. Uh, yeah, that was a really good chase. You know, it was a yeah. a good opening. But um like
1: he's barely in any action scenes in this movie until the end. Like when, when they're trying to get the guy out of British headquarters and he had like the goon has that fight with a random person.
0: Who does pretty well.
1: Right. Like I thought he was just gonna knock him over the head with like a vase or something, you know, like it like they usually do. But that guy held his own. I'm sitting here like, <laughs> I I sure wish this was our hero. <laughs> like I don't know who this guy is. Good for me. Like, I should be watching a movie about him.
0: Yeah, good good for him. Well done.
1: You know, the waiter who has deadly skills and, and defending <laughs> his, his kitchen, you know, like.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: good. I don't know. I, I, I struggled to find it because it was just very average. Very, whatever they were trying to do, I don't think they did it very well. So, I mean,
0: I I think it suffers too from like you know we we've gotten a string of movies that were sort of exceptionally well made you know you have Golden Eye which was really great and you know it's, even that like the story is better than the the way in which that they made it because they, they that was still UA it hadn't been sold to Sony yet you know and then Sony comes along and they they make four you know, if not really great movies, then like really expensive ones, at say the least. Um, no, or five, not four. Um, but I think at the time, this must have been like a real sort of wake up call. Because if all you had to compare it to was almost like a decade and a half of goofy Roger Moore stuff, you know, this, you know, this deals with a lot of reality you know the reality of how how spies actually behave how you need somebody who's tough and not just sort of debonair um you know they're using the girl as bait for most of the movie and then you know they loop in the whole thing about uh afghanistan and the soviets which was i mean i'm not so sure how much longer that was going on in 87 i don't really know but you know, it was very topical at the time. So, yeah, this must have seemed very seemed very different, and I imagine pretty welcoming. So, I'm not quite sure what the reaction was. It was generally pre- pretty positive. I think Siskel gave it one, two, like two out of four stars. Like people who were really, was, I think it
1: was mixed. Yeah, it?
0: like some some people really loved it. They thought, "Oh, this is great! This is so much better than what we we've been getting." And that might have overshadowed the fact that it really doesn't stand out as a good movie. Um, but you know, it's I don't know, it's it's easy to kind of get a breath of fresh air out of this, you know, even though for us it's like, yeah, this is kind of old hat, and you know, we, we they've they've done better since, kind of a thing. Uh, I, I mean, I'd rather watch. You know, Octopussy. I mean, there there
1: are other Roger Moore films that were better than this, I think, because they at least had some personality
0: to them. Right. That's the one thing missing here was any sense of like character. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's no color to it. It's, it's 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 very bland. I mean, like, I I think they they were able to do essentially what they were trying to do here with Daniel Craig, and they did that by going back to the beginning of the, of of his story. You know he doesn't look young. You know when when they when, you know when when they make Casino Royale, but they turned. They turned the character like they like. I think the the fear was they didn't want to make him green. Nobody wants to see a green James Bond, like someone that doesn't know what he's doing. But that's what they did in Casino Royale. But in, except in, you know instead of making him incompetent, they made him too ruthless. And like that was M's complaint: is that like you're a you're a thug. I need I need someone mean, who's gonna think their way through this as well as kill people.
1: I mean, you can be inexperienced without being <clears throat> useless,
0: right? And I think that they they didn't want to do that with the with the character. You know, they they wanted to develop him differently, but that meant just sucking out all of the things about him that made him politically in incorrect and and unpopular Mm -hmm. and it didn't work (laughs) it just made him boring you know like they didn't give him any real demons to have to deal with which is what they were trying to do i think was to make him serious and sort of you know brooding and what have you but um yeah no it didn't didn't quite pan out
1: (laughs) yeah so i'm i'm almost kind of glad that uh, there's only one more with this one, and that'll be it. I mean, once I see the next one, I will have seen them all.
0: Yeah, that's true. This is the last, you know, yeah, and, we'll, we, and we'll and we'll and we'll talk about the others. other ones because it's, yeah. it's it's fun to just to talk about how the because the the ride that Pierce Brosnan goes on is hilarious. <laughs> like it really, it's just bananas. Going yeah. from golden eye to die another day. It's just like what <laughs> in the world? You know, it's like somebody fell on the silly switch and, you know, sort of you know, ramped the whole thing up to eleven immediately. Yeah, that was a, that was a trip. <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah, I don't I don't have much 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 more to say about this one. Like I'm No, there's no no I'm point l- beating a dead horse. Looking back at my notes, I'm like the, the the ghetto blaster i had that written down that was weird um oh, the song was terrible was it, I'm, I'm i skipped it actually because it was so bad i was like oh this sucks yeah no it was it was really really bad like i usually so i i play the theme song as the as the outro to the podcast whenever we do these and like just to save money, I, I don't actually buy the song to then stick it on the podcast. I use the app that we're that we're using to record ourselves now, um, to just snitch the video off, uh, stitch the audio off off of the YouTube video, and I, I really don't want to have to listen to that whole song again. Mm. It was just not that good, and I had Many Penny is pretty hot, yeah, which was true. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, nothing really. Like, it's fine. Why not? Like, I'm, I'm, I, I am a bit disappointed. I was kind of hoping we would get like a precursor to the films we, we've gotten recently, but no, it's just like it's bond, I think They hadn't figured but, it. I think, but you, boring.
1: They just hadn't figured it out yet. No, you know how how do we take the things that people don't like about them and keep the things people do? And they they threw out the baby with the bathwater, as people would say. <laughs> I
0: mean, you know what what they ended up doing, and they didn't really want to do this initially. And I kind of understand this, is that they, you know, they they take Pierce, uh, they take uh, Daniel Craig's bond, and they take all the things they don't like, and they make them failings. They 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 use them to. To show how sort of dysfunctional he is, that he can run around. And, like, the joke about him in the first movie is that he only sleeps with married women. You know? Yeah. And, like, that bond has defects. He's not a well person. And you know like they don't they they didn't want to make anybody think less of James Bond like they they had this idea like well men really want to be James Bond we can't give them any reason to think that doing what James Bond does makes you a bad person so we just will take them away and make them like uninteresting but they kept them in for Daniel Craig they just demeaned him as they uh, as they depicted him doing all the womanizing and the drink and they kind of took the character down a peg it made the character more human and it gave him more of a story you know but it you know it they they were not as concerned with making sure that you know males age 18 to 45 were going to go to the movies because i guess they kind of figured they were they were going to go anyway
2: mm-hmm.
0: so and it, it makes the character more interesting it does betray ian fleming's thing in a way, it's kind of hard to figure out what Fleming wanted out of this character. Do they want to show a a complex person who, you know, is really screwed up and that's why he's, he's sleeping with all these, these girls or does, did, did he want to show like, you know, how, you know, to get to this point, you you, you gotta be pretty damaged and screwed up. And that's what this life does to you. It's hard to tell what Fleming wanted to do. Yeah. I, I don't
1: think that's what he intended. Which one? The first one and the second one? The second one. So I think I think it was Red Letter Media a a long time ago now. They just basically said, you know, James Bond movies were expensive, schlocky B films. And the longer we've tried to crank them out, I mean there's a lot of them now, and they start trying to tease out story threads and personality threads, that's what they settled on. You know, and then it took a long time casino royale to show that there are other avenues to explore a character like this i mean there's only so many though but um there's only you know so many they can do so yeah
0: i, I mean it, it's actually why and i i don't know why i've been thinking about this too much lately maybe because i was you know watching this one but i think they've effectively killed the character like once you take a character whose main attributes are what they are in nineteen sixty four and then you reboot it in two thousand and what, eight, nine, and then you know, take all the all all the attributes that may, that they were trying to use to sell the movie back then and make them the reason the character is so like you know, dysfunctional and, you know, I don't know what kind of word you would use to describe him but like you know they they they're not t- they're not pointing at them and going like look isn't that great he banged that girl too like there's saying, isn't it kind of screwed up how he's doing this and all these girls are dying like he has sex with one girl and then she's dead the next scene like they're talking about this about how it's you know it's doesn't really work out to do to, to behave like this they're commenting on it and I don't know where you go from there I mean you, know, I, th- you can get I, over it. Yeah, and then what, <laughs> just do the same thing all over again? That's yeah. I I think the franchise has kind of moved past that. They've they've done a formulaic thing for like thirty five, forty years. They got to Daniel Craig and said, Let's tell a much longer story about this guy and you we know, we'll we'll point out, we'll like we'll 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 take a look at these things that make him so so enticing a person but we'll show them how sort of you know they can corrode who you are and you know it's not good for you to behave like this and you know it it leads to a lonely existence i mean you think about when they go to his apartment inspector there's nothing in there the place is empty and like they call attention to it he's like no i've I've lived, I've lived here for years he he, he lives like sheldon you know it's just a folding <laughs> chair <laughs> so like what do you do with that character next i actually think that it, you know it might even be more 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 interesting to take the same you know universe with m and q and and money penny and like tell a story like you know a mission impossible thing where it's not about james bond anymore it's about the british secret service and like the gang you know this the, the, the The Scooby Gang of characters that all say goodbye to Bond in the apartment at the end of No Time to Die. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, just don't continue with James Bond, but use the same, you know, universe of characters and, you know, plots and what have you to continue to tell stories. And use the, you know, I can't think of her name, but the black woman who played 007 and the, and the, use her. She was great. Like, you know, the more I think about it, it's just like, I'd love to get more James Bond movies, but more importantly, I'd love to get more movies like this, no matter if it's a James Bond character or if it's a 007 who looks totally different. If you can do that well, maybe explore, you know, the woman side of having to like sleep with with people to get information and what have you, I don't know, might be worth it, but. I think then when they killed James Bond, they might've killed James Bond. So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. So uh, if you guys out there have any thoughts about the living daylights or James Bond in general, you can let us know on Twitter and Instagram. We are at three drinks in pod on both. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can email us at three drinks in podcast at com. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening, leave ratings and reviews. And I think that's everything, yep. Yeah, said. Okay, as always, please drink, please drink responsibly, and we'll talk to you all next time. Bye-bye. Bye.